Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. On a rare Friday night, it is the three of us once again, the three amigos, los tres amigos. This is Miami Total Football Radio, the show, aka Miami Total Football Radio, the show. Jose is smiling because I got it off perfectly without any uh, stuttering or issues there. Uh, so, as you can see, and if you can't hear, well, I'm Franco Panizo one of the co-hosts of this lovely podcast slash live stream. And we have Jose Armando and Andrea Yanis in the house today. A rare Friday night for us. Instead of me being out at Perro Negro, I'm here with you guys doing a show because we've got some inner Miami stuff to talk about. By the way, I have to go in on them. Two-footed slide tackle on both of my Honduran uh, co-hosts. Neither uh, one of them. Because knew, we don't know who Perro Negro is. No, neither one of them knew the song Perro Negro. And I know we've already had some yeah. musical debates as of late on this show, but I can't believe you guys have not heard the song Pedro Negro. Bad Bunny and Fade, come on, man. Like Something tells me I need to be proud about that. Something tells me. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> it was playing at the training facility today, and then the topic of conversation came up because obviously the players were listening to it, and it came up, and Jose, nor Andre. I'm shocked about Andre. I, Jose, I, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have put past him not knowing the song, but Andre, I'm surprised by that one on your part. Jose has me contagio. Jose is definitely rubbing <laughs> off on you in all the wrong ways, man. All the wrong yes. ways. Island, when it comes to music, Island Jose is no longer on an island by himself. He's got company. Uh, well, first off, how are you guys doing? I know it's been a long week for us. Not over yet, but how are you guys doing? Start with Andreita. Well, a little tired, but good. Um, it's good to be back to football since we've had so much work with other stuff but it's always good to be back uh can't wait to talk about the game i obviously i'm tired because today we had to wake up like at 5 a.m to get to the training facility and as you guys saw through our social media they had an asado and we had to be just velando i don't know how to say velando in english so begging. we were begging yeah be oh it's for begging for food and we didn't get any so that's how my Friday is going. But all good. All good. But Glad you don't even here. like meat. You don't even like meat, especially early like in the morning. I don't like from places that I don't know, uh, that I don't trust. But I like she meat. She trusts into Miami. That's what she's saying. She trusts into Miami. <laughs> I trust Messi's I money. I trust Messi's money. I know that no one is trying to poison Lionel Messi. <laughs> I trust it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who those guys were that were cooking it because they were wearing some other color gear. I don't know who they were, but. Well, you know what? You already went into it, Jose. We're not even going to get to how you're doing. We're going to yes. get to some, some footage of the practice asado that was there today. Let's look at some of this. There you go. Obviously, if you're listening, then you're not going to see it. But trust me, it was some fine culinary asado, some practice asado being done there. In front of the 12, behind the training facility, next to the practice fields, were Inter-Miami trains, the first team trains. But apparently this was for the second team. It was being prepared. There was raw meat, peppers, giant, I don't know what you call Man, it. It, it smells so good. I was it just like, really velando, literally. When, at first I, we saw the meat, but when they began cooking it and it smelled, the pepper smelled and everything smelled so nice. I was so hungry, so hungry that even... When we got out, I have to reveal, since we were traveling back to Miami, we got out of there like at 10. So to get to Miami is one hour, one hour, 15 minutes. When we got to Miami, we decided to go for meat. 
but it wasn't as good as that or me was like yeah, a carbon, horrible oh yes and it was horrible because i don't know what happened to the restaurant but it was horrible but that meat on the inter miami training looked good whoever it was, ate it, looked it really good whoever ate it uh i guess they enjoyed it because it looked really nice yeah it was solid i think you know and from from what i heard You know, this is actually the second time those guys are in the facility because the first one it was for obviously for the first team. So um, I, I thought that was really nice. I thought that was really really nice. You know that um, obviously this is related to Messi. You know we we haven't seen that before. No nowhere something near to that in, in the training facility, especially that early in the morning. So, but it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. You know. I, I actually, doing the digging, doing the reporting on the Asado. Oh, If you yeah, need your yeah. breaking news on Asado at Inter Miami training facility, host don't ask me about host. players, but ask me about the food. Ask me about <laughs> Asado. Then, then I'm interested in asking questions. Jose does his best reporting <laughs> skills to date. By the way, Jose got a great video, which I can't share because it's under you know the media company Jose works for. But he got a great video of the asylum. You can share it. You can share it. Oh, I don't have it now. I didn't, I didn't know if I was capable of sharing it. So I didn't prepare yeah, it. But if you want to, you can go to Jose's uh, Twitter handle. You can go to Deportes Total USA. In English, Deportes Total USA. And you can see the video of the asylum with Tata Martino walking by. And in Spanish saying, I'm going to steal some of that later on. Yeah. So a pretty, a pretty funny moment that Jose caught. Um at practice today. But anyway, all right, let's talk less about steak and about Perro Negro, and let's talk about some Inter-Miami football. And Jose, I skipped over how you're doing, but clearly you're doing fine. Uh, yes. So, all right, let's... My reporting with... is on point to start the show. Happy, there healthy, and alive. <laughs> clearly. Um, so let's start <laughs> with the most recent news. We touched on it a bit in the last few pods, but Federico Redondo is official. He's officially a member of Inter-Miami... He has signed through 2027 with an option for yes. 2028. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Correct. So young Argentine midfielder with a famous dad. So he comes to Inter Miami to help bolster that midfield. I may have overheard someone saying that they plan to play him in that, maybe that right midfield spot next to Busquets, the one that Julian Gressel occupied in the season opener. So longer term. Yeah, that's where Julian Gressel, man. He's going to go back to, to being a right back. Yeah, that's well, okay. I, I think it's better for him. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll yeah. we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Federico Redondo, officially a member of Inter Miami. Jose, I mean, obviously, you don't expect him to play this weekend, but how soon do you think we could see him? We didn't get to ask about the questions about Federico Redondo to Tata Martino today because the announcement came afterwards. Tata Martino was very coy during the availability. He said, oh, there's nothing new, nothing new. We don't know anything yet. Um, but Obviously, he knew the signing. He knew. They just um, waited yeah. that we left when and when they announced him. <laughs> well, exactly. you know, I, I, I think, I, you know, from what we heard from Tata this morning when he talked about uh, Julian Gressel, Gressel, that, <laughs> from Julian Gressel. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, the opposite of my yeah. radio. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about um, Federico already. Um, so when he talked about Gressel, he... he, he basically put him out there uh, as as the link between Busi and Messi. Messi, right. Which, you know, to me it was really interesting because I, I you know, I think Russell struggles in that position, but Tata really, really rates him in the middle of the field. Um, 
And now with Federico coming in, Federico Redondo, I think Redondo will play. You know, he's a once he's ready to go, he he will be a starter for uh, this. How long is it going to take him to get ready? What do you think? Not much, not much. I, I, I think, think a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we would see him playing in the Champions League already, um, taking part in that game after no, getting his week, visa. And uh huh, it could be Orlando next week because. Um, he's ready. He he's just played the the um, eliminatoria for for the Olympics in South America, where after doing a bad job on 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 the under twenties, Macherano well um, and their and Federico Redondo and their team made it to the Olympics. So uh, with him being an important player, so I think this is good for Inter Miami. Um, it's trouble I don't know for Mota. how. How yes, how good uh, it is for him uh, because well, such a ju- young promise to come to this league. Uh, it's still it, this is not a, a league to develop yourself as much as in Europe, but uh, for him, uh, let's see how how it goes. But for Inter Miami, it's a good deal. He gets media attention. He's the son of of a famous player. Everyone is expecting him to be a, 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 a who good teammate. Who is his father, domestic. Andrea? Share to the people who might not know. Who is his father? Well, his father, for people who don't know, played for Real Madrid, played for Inter Andrea's de Milan. Andrea's favorite team. Andrea's favorite team. <laughs> yes, that's why he, she started with Real Madrid, of course. Uh, well. Uh, Big national he, team player. I really, <laughs> I, I really like him. I think, you know, Redondo, yes. for me, was just... Amazing, you know, he a great player to watch. Didn't even say his first name, Jose. Give us a first name. Fernando. Fernando Redondo. Fernando Redondo. So, yeah, it's a big get for Inter Miami. But listen, for other players in the team, I don't know what this spells because, as Jose was saying, Mota and uh, other other players that are uh, a stack midfield. And for me, it's interesting to see because Tata made a they point have way to too many midfield. when he said. Oh, Benjamin Kremaski, David Ruiz, and uh, Jan, and uh, Noah Allen, as he said, right? So I think even though those players have the same age of Federico Redondo, he rates Federico Redondo better than them. So with Federico well, coming in, he's those right players about are gonna see those players are gonna see less and less minutes, right? Well, let's so, let's talk about let's talk about what Jose said there because uh, he said a few minutes ago. Obviously, Busquets to Messi, that connection is well known. And, and and it's effective when it can happen. But as we've seen, we saw last year, when you started analyzing the games in more detail, opponents were doing a very good job of blanketing Busquets's pass forward to Messi. Right? They adapted. They didn't make it easy on Inter Miami. And then Inter Miami had to find other ways to build up uh, through the lines and try to get the ball to Messi so he could create his magic. And they struggled with that. Now, Julian Gressel's being seen as maybe a stopgap solution, solution there. Excuse me. But... With Redondo coming in, it seems like he'll take that spot and it'll be Busquets to Redondo to Messi. It seems like that's going to be the trident in terms of the buildup through the midfield and up into the more attacking third. Let's hear some thoughts from, I won't say a special guest. He's always a special guest, but I have a surprise for everybody here. A little tardy to the party on Friday, but... Oh, oh, there he goes. Wait, I have to change the screen now. I, I mistimed that. But as you can see, it's Simon oh, Evans. It's Simon <laughs> Evans in the house. There we go. El Mago, El Brujo. I don't know what, I forgot what your nickname was. That, that we name. never got one. We never got around to one. No. Someone in the comments actually gave you a good one, but I, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Simon, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, how are you doing, guys? 
Good, man. Good to see you. It's been a while since all four of us have been together. So nice on a little Friday night action, a little Friday night Miami. To the just, finished Friday covering, night. just finished covering the Mexican Open, uh, Mexico Open uh, PGA event. So JJ yeah. Rocks Cortez says, Desde Las Vegas. I don't think Simon's coming from Las Vegas. I think JJ Rocks Cortez is coming from Las Vegas. But if you are coming from Las Vegas, uh, kudos to you, Simon. Um, no, JJ so was, can was, go was, and watch Edison Ascona now. If he loves Inter Miami, he could go support maybe Edison, Edison Ascona. Maybe it's Edison Ascona on the, on the low. Just kidding. Um, all right. So, Simon, do you agree with us? Is this is this what we're going to see Redondo slip into the starting lineup in a matter of a couple of weeks and be that link to help build up the lines and build up through the attack for Inter Miami? Yeah, and also give a little bit more protection to that back line as well, I think. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a defensive midfielder. I mean, I'm st I haven't seen enough of him not to have his father in my head when I'm starting to picture him in the team. I saw he I saw his dad play quite a lot when I was uh, in Italy. He actually ended his career at AC Milan, didn't play much. He, was, he had a lot of injuries at the end of his career. But I saw him play against Italian teams when, when the Italian teams were really strong, when he was playing for Real Madrid in a pretty good Real Madrid team as well. I think just before the real Galacticos era, although he did play a little bit in, in that time as well. Classy player his dad was, really oh, yeah. classy player. Um, you know, one of those players who could just keep control of the ball and, and, and protect it and dictate the tempo of the game. So if he's got half of what his dad had, he'll be a fantastic addition to this team. But yeah, I think you were saying, you know, probably that Gressel slot, that makes sense, I think. Um, and Gressel is, you know, regardless of of, of 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 other thoughts, I think he is more effective as a as a right wing back, if you like, an attacking right back. So it goes back to, you know, I remember one of those podcasts not so long ago where Franco was sort of saying that Yedlin's on the way out. I think uh, I think Gressel moves into that slot that that Yedlin played. Um, absolutely absolutely and we can we can dive into that right because if, if redondo goes into that midfield spot that grassel's um been playing in in preseason and now at the start of the season or in the season opener then you know where does he fit i agree with you i think every all four of us agree he then becomes the first choice option at right back and i like how simon phrased that simon's like regardless of other thoughts which to me i'm like reading that as tata martino tata martino has raved about julian grassel in the midfield and how he's got a clean foot and he can pass now, obviously, in the season opener, you didn't see that. You didn't see a whole lot of that from, from Julian Gressel. He seemed to be yeah, I mean, uh, Julian's going to play. I mean, Gressel's going to play. The, but the I thing mean, his, is that Tata, is... Tata right now, he he says Gressel is the best, better in midfield. Then he said, no, Allen was a center back. So I think Tata is just uh, trying to put players that he has available in a position because, well, we know Julian Gressel is not – he can play there, but that's not his – position and we know no allen is not a center back so well we're gonna get to the no allen thing later um but look at this we've got a comment from la galaxy the best club in the world in the comment section that is the name of the person commenting and says miami are trash all right inter miami fans ha have people, at it there go have fun people talking yeah people talking that that is how you build this how that is how you build people talking talking trash about each other's team when you do it <laughs> respectfully it's fun it's fun because that is that is what it is that is why people watch us and that is why people want to argue in a respectful manner then it's fun and well, that is what every fan base in mls thinks about inter miami right now <laughs> 
Now, Jose. All right, so Julian Gressel plays at right back. That means DeAndre Allen goes to the bench, correct? Yes. All right. And I I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, I think Julian Gressel's strengths are out wide where he can whip and crosses. Like, you know, he's whipped in those, those lethal crosses. He'll play better defense and better, uh, he'll bring better, better crosses in. And that's really all he needs to do. Like, you know, you, can, you, you don't want more from him. Um, it's just, I think, you know, especially he needs to be careful as Jordi Alba moves forward, maybe stay back a little bit. You know, you don't need him to score yeah. goals. Uh, but he I provides mean, a threat from there. He provides a threat. Listen, the other other projects forward very well. He's got pace and all that. He but did he's not good the most, on the game on Wednesday, I think. Yeah. But he's not the most technical guy. And his crosses are not the most pinpoint. Yeah. I think Julian Gressel gives you an upgrade in, in that sense. And with the way that this team wants to play, what they want to have, you know, technical players, ball on the ground, you know, combinations, possession. I think Julian Gressel fits better there. Um, I agree with Jose, you know, maybe he'll he'll stay back a little bit more compared to Jordi Alba, but also give Inter Miami that dimension of giving them a threat down the right side where DeAndre Edlin isn't that much of an attacking threat despite his ability to get forward into the attack from that. Front. Yeah, and, and, you know, one more thing that I, that I would like to add is that, you know, I, I feel like there's there's a clear role now for, for, for the young players and, and Tata kind of gave us a preview of that, you know, this week when he said... I don't want to, I asked him about David, but, you know, he talked about the entire, you know, group of young players. He said, I don't want to expose them. I, I, he wants to take care of them a little bit more, which means you're, you guys are not going to be playing as much, especially uh, because he rates some of the other young players in, in the liking of Gomez and Redondo as, you know, at a higher level right or, or better prepared than Ruiz and probably Benja. And the odd man out here for me is Mota. I mean, what's what's the scenario for Mota this year? Even in the game on against Rio Salt Lake, you know, Mota, if I'm not mistaken, he came on after the young players, after Ruiz. So I I feel like, you know, Gregory got the best part of it because, you know, he was able to understand and figure the way out of Miami because that, that was the, the best thing for him. But Mota, since you know he's left in, in here, and and what's the role for him in this team? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna depend on injuries to 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 have nah, a, a bigger impact. There's so many. There's gonna be so many games that he'll play if he sticks around. Now, will he yeah, but be, if you're John Mota, you're not happy playing ten yeah, games, you're fifteen not games. Happy. I mean, I mean, I, if you're I agree with that, but that might be his role. With, David, with such a young team. I think it'll depend. Player. I think it'll depend on who's available, what the situation is. Right? He's a bit more technical and attack-minded than Ben Hakaremaski and David Ruiz. So I think it'll just depend on the the situation. Uh, But anyway, all right. So you guys are already diving into it. Jose already dove into it. Let's look back before we look forward. Inter-Miami played its season opener on Wednesday night at Chase Stadium. It was renamed from the last moment we, from the last pod that we did. It's no longer Dry Thing Stadium. It's now Chase Stadium, new corporate sponsor, uh, which brings with it a lot of perks and some good food. Uh, but the nonetheless, food was amazing. Well, food there you go. Right. Jose again with the food. Yeah, again with the food. Yeah, food yeah. critic Jose. Yeah, no more uh, <laughs> island Jose. No more. Uh, what's it called? What were we calling you? Broadcasting Cinco. rights Jose. We called you. We, oh yeah, rights holder Jose. Rights holder Jose. Now you are Cinco. You have, I mean Cinco. Now you're uh, food critic Jose. No, the um, the food was amazing. You know the. It was great. It was great. Best. I don't part know of how much so it cost when you eat it in the stadium, but yeah, it was good. Know, Burgers and 
Tacos. No, arepas, probably the, you know, they, they should be $6, $5. They're probably $25 over there. But for free, they were great. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into the game. And before we do, because I have a sneaking suspicion that we're all about to see things in a very different light. Or a couple of us are going to see it differently than the other couple. Um, all right, this is the starting line. Drake Calendar on goal, you're back four. They played a 4-3-3. DeAndre Yedlin, Thomas Aviles, Sergi Kristoff, Jordi Alba. Nicholas Freire did not dress for this game. Uh, still recovering and working his way back to 100%. Midfield three, Julian Gressel, Sergio Busquets, Diego Gomez. And then up top, you had Leo Messi on the right. Robert Taylor on the left. Luis Suarez at the number nine position. The goals came on either side of halftime. Robert Taylor in the 39th minute off of a pass from who else? Who else? Messi. Messi. All right. And then... The second goal, Diego Gomez off of an assist from Luis Suarez, who received a nice pass from Leo Messi by MLS rules. Messi had two assists Ooh. because they count secondary assists, although we all hate that here. We can all do a unified boo if you guys want. Ooh. All right, just two of us did that. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, but anyway, an assist, for, an assist for Suarez, an assist for Messi, a goal for Taylor, a goal for Gomez. Inter Miami wins 2-0. They get a clean sheet. A solid season opener. They start on a winning note. Arranque victorioso. I'm going to go to Simon. Simon, what were your overall takeaways from this victory? Um, in in a way, it felt a little bit like those early League's Cup games to me. Um, from the first point, the way that Real Salt Lake approached the game was a little bit more like the sort of timid approach we saw from... Who was it? Charlotte, who played a little bit like that in, in the League's mm -hmm. Cup. Maybe Atlanta did as well. I can't remember exactly who, who they were in those games. But that kind of, you know, not wanting to overcommit, wanting to get to halftime, nil-nil, um, not really um, playing anything like their normal game, but being preoccupied by the fact that they were playing Miami and, and Messi and being way too overcautious, I think, as they, as they learned um after the break when they they they, they played a more progressive and attacking approach and and, and it and it worried into miami um i think any coaches analyzing that game will look at that and say there's things there you can hurt miami with uh by by going at their back line if you get the space in midfield which you will get uh you can go go at their back line and worry them um rail soul leg never tried to do that in the first half um, on the positive side of it, I would say that, well, the biggest positive was Messi looked good, right? Messi, Messi, any worries about his fitness? He looked pretty fit. Um, he, you know, he he's very good. Very good. His acceleration was there. That was one thing that really stood out for me when he dropped deep to pick up the ball and go on those surging runs that he did a few of. That was good. Suarez didn't look fit to me. He didn't look uh, as sharp as you would you would he want looks, to see. He looks heavy. He looks like like he's like super slow. Yeah. Somebody was saying after the game that oh you know I wonder if he's going to play the next game because he was limping towards the end. He was limping towards the start. You know that was that was a little bit yeah yeah that was rough. Well, I, I think, think I think he fatigued he... though. I think he fatigued. He, has, he he had to run back a lot of times. Like is we've seen in all of Inter's Miami history, uh, the forwards have to run back a lot. So I don't think he expected that. And he he looked really tired. He looked he looked really out of shape. He, he reminded me of 
the Gonzalo Higuain days when everyone was calling him fat and and not in shape. That is what Luis Suarez reminded me of. Um, Are you calling Luis Suarez fat and out of shape, Andrea? No, but I'm just <laughs> comparing him to that 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 state right. that Iwai, that Iwai, Iwai didn't look good. He didn't look good either. And I was in the, on the field, and you could hear his breathing. And it was a cold night, and he was ahogado, and it was a cold. What is he going to do when they play at 3 p.m.? The game's at 3 p.m. and 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 at that time, I don't think he'll he'll be at an option that we could could expect to function in a game. Like that, that's our. So, so we'll get back to the collective takeaways, but we, we let's talk about Luis Suarez's game because I think that's one of the bigger talking points here, right? It was his official debut, and you know there's some things to to be critical of. That being said, and Gus Gus hits the nail on the head here, but he still performed, right? Right, right. He still yeah. did. Like he got an assist late on, fine, but he got an assist. He almost scored late on if it wasn't for a fantastic kick save by Zach McMath, like practically on the goal line. And in the first half, he pulled off a lot of effective cuts off more so to his left foot um, that created some space. He just didn't get the shot off. But, I mean, he gets a passing grade for me for his debut. Was it a loud performance? No, but he gets he gets a passing grade. And when he gets more fit, more used to his teammates, more used to the style of play, I think it's only going to get better. That's just me personally. I agree that there's some concerns there in terms of how he was laboring a bit and how he was moving. Um but it, you know what? I think, I think the signs are more encouraging than not. I, I think we, we would have a different perspective of his performance if Tata would have made the right decision and, and just, you know, he needed to take him out at the 60th minute mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, don't think I, he, I don't think he could go, he can go more than 60. And if you yeah. take him take him out at the 60th minute mark and go in a press conference, well, it's a process for him. You know, we want to get him. 100%, um, then everybody would understand because it's pretty clear that he's not 100%. So mm-hmm. um, I think Campana was ready. I mean, if you have a, if, if you compare both of them, Campana is probably 100% right now. You know, he probably needs games and that's about it. So, you know, I think that could have helped him a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, I think you know, when I was saying he, he, he didn't look sharp, um, I wasn't saying he wasn't effective. He was effective. I mean, what you saw from him that was was good was the intelligence of his movement. Yeah. You know, that's that, and that's the big difference between players of his caliber and kind of players like I don't know Duncan Maguire or those kind of MLS center forwards. It's that ability to just drop into the little spaces or nowhere to go, nowhere Messi's going. So you know, there's a lot of a lot of promising things there, of course, but. But I, I totally agree. He was left on the field too long when he was clearly, you know, visibly struggling. And you know, that's a, a broader point. Really, is you know, you were talking about the role for the younger players, and I think we did get a clue about what some of them roles is going to be. It's when Inter Miami start tiring about the sixty-fifth, seventieth minute, then you're yeah. going to see those players get thrown on to provide legs. That's going to be their job in a lot of games this season. When they, if they don't start. They're going to be coming on to carry the team through the the last uh, third of the game. Yeah, and that's actually perfect for them. Obviously, when we're talking regular season, you know, when it's, um, you know, elimination games, obviously you don't want to see that. And, and you hope that, you know, you have a plan where for those games, you know, the big names are available to go for a full 90 minutes. But, you know, for young players, if you get 25 to 30 minutes every match day, I mean, that's that's good. That's good, and, and and they can provide a spark. You know, that's they have that advantage that you know 
right? Ruiz can be aggressive defensively. Venha can be very good with the ball moving forward. Um, you know, same same scenario for Diego Gomez brings a lot of intensity. So they have that available. It's a matter of you know getting everything together. I think for Suarez, we we're he's not close to 100%, but he'll get there. He'll get there pretty soon. And and once he's 100%, I think that's that's when he's going to start scoring goals in this league. Yeah, we'll score also, on Wednesday. He didn't score. He didn't score. Uh, yeah, almost like scored. Score. Almost scored. Yeah. I said almost. And that's I garbage think time, though. I, 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 I also agree with Simon that Inter Miami played a good first half uh, with a lot of promise, with a lot of things, but uh, I, it's what we've been talking about. If teams are going to figure out how to play them, and a team that is not. For me, Rioso Lake was a complete disappointment, and his coach. I don't. I. I don't really know how he keeps getting opportunities in this league because how the team play on that first half was awful. Like we say in Spanish, Timorato. He was awful, 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 and that's on the on the coach. So um, I think this was an example for Inter Miami on how good they can play like they did on that first half, but also an example of the reality that they're still not 100%. Yes, they have Messi, they have Luis Suarez, they have all these players, but they are not 100%. I they can't be 100% saying, on the first game. I can't keep saying this enough, but for me, the weakest link is Jordi Alba. On that second half, all the attacks from Real Select that were dangerous came from that side from that Jordi Alba side. So that's going to be a problem for Inter Miami going into the season and going well into Champions League, Champions Cup, whatever it's called now, and, and all the tournaments that they have because teams will know. And we saw it happen against a weak opponent like Real Salt Lake. It can happen with, and to the detriment of the team, with better teams like, for example, the game next week against Orlando, who are a better team than the one we saw on Wednesday, but it's promising. Uh, I think Messi, Busquets, and Luis Suarez, obviously they know each other. It's by memory. Simon was saying Luis Suarez has that. When you're an elite player like that, that's what makes you elite. Ronaldinho is fat and old right now, and he still is better than anyone in MLS, except for Messi. <laughs> so because his touch is, is there, he will never lose it. And the same thing is with Luis Suarez and I used to say in this, this podcast, and I was known as the Iwain defender because I always used to say, I don't care what people say, Iwain has to play because he was the best player on that team. So I expect Luis Suarez to, to, to get to that point where he is comfortable and he gets used to the climate and all of that so that he can perform in the league. Here we go. Broward here. It feels weird hearing Andrea praise us, even if it's a little, but then she gets mad at Salt Lake for not beating us and the universe is right again. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Andrea, I, I want to see good football. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. See, but Simon said, they reminded us no, of Atlanta, no. and Atlanta oh, was Andrea, horrible. Yellow card for you. Yellow card and for you. And Charlotte was horrible. Real Salt Lake no. was even worse than that. They were horrible. That not, uh, listen, listen. This is something that I think like you guys have to take in into consideration that you guys don't take into consideration, especially you, Andrea. Not every team is going to come out and try to go blow for blow with Inter Miami. Like they're just not going to do that, right. And in the first half, Inter Miami had possession. They had some nice moments, triangulating and knocking the ball around in possession, but they didn't create a whole lot. It wasn't like Zach McMath was 
you know, being called upon to make save after save after save. Inter Miami had some half chances here, some chances that went wide, that, you know, got some people out of their seats in the stadium. But they didn't create an awful lot. I can't remember one play in the first half. Maybe maybe my memory's foggy, but I don't remember one play where Zach McMath had to make a fantastic save to keep Inter Miami uh, at bay. As a matter of fact, the goal that Inter Miami scores, the ball goes through his hands. He should have saved it. And that's how they opened the scoring. So we also at least game plan was to defend, not to throw numbers forward and to try to keep it at zero for as long as possible. They almost got to halftime, and that would have been perfect for them based on what I was seeing, but they gave up that goal, and then now they had to push forward. And when they did push forward, then they started playing a bit better, took the sail out of Inter Miami, or took the wind out of Inter Miami's sail. I also think Inter Miami, because they're an older team or they have older players on, out there on the field, I think they also tired a bit. So I think that played a part in that drop-off um, before Inter Miami came back to life in the last 10, 15 minutes of the second half. But yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't agree with you that Real Salt Lake played terrible. Their game plan was to defend, and they did that well during the first forty-five. Yeah, but they well, didn't do that. Yeah, well. but when you have a game plan, and if your game plan is to defend, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't expect to have the ball every now and then. So, if my first uh, commitment is to defense. I have to know that there's another side of the game and at some point I'm going to get the ball and I need to know what to do. I need to let my players know what are we going to do when we have the ball. If not, then don't field um, strikers or any attacking players. So what's the role of the attacking players when my mentality is to play defense primarily? So what was um, uh, Arango supposed to do? What was he supposed to do? Who was supposed to help him? You, listen, you, know, you that's, that's, where, that's where I expect a little bit more from Real Salt Lake. But I understand that's, that's not the priority, but I expect them to at least, when they get the ball, just don't kick it away. You know, just for, as far away as possible, like you're playing in that Jose, You can minute, criticize the style. It's you, only the first You half. can criticize the no, style. No, 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 you're wrong. Aesthetic. You're wrong here, Franco, I think. I, I, I'm yeah. totally with Jose on this because... When you when you play in that look, we've seen it with Mourinho teams who parked the bus, right? All the various different Mourinho teams defended, go there defending. They they play for the nil-nil score or whatever. But when they got a chance to counter, they countered, right? Whereas Real Salt Lake, we saw it. In fact, that me and Jose sat next to each other and turned to each other a, a couple of times when they had the chance to counter. And there's like two of their midfielders are just slowly jogging like ten yards forward rather than going and supporting Arango. Or um, Gomez, wasn't it? The Colombian winger on, on the right who, who, who was that all right? Gomez, was it? The... Damn. Yeah, winger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about who was, wasted a couple of uh, wasted a couple of uh, good opportunities and, and open spaces out there, but there was only him supporting Arango. The midfield never got up to support him. That's not playing defensive counter-attacking football. That's just showing a total lack of ambition. Yeah, and they and they in the second half, you know, they showed that they can actually do something with the mm -hmm. ball. Yeah, so yeah I, I know, I know, I know that Inter Miami slowed down a little bit, and they gave the ball away, especially early on. That probably gave them some confidence as they move forward. And of course, they were uh, they were down a goal, so they needed to move forward a little bit at least. But in the first half, just a little bit of a concept, you know, just to, allowing us to figure out exactly what they need to do. If they're going to go for long balls, you know, have an idea of where you're going to place them. But they were never able to do, um, you know, a lot with the ball. And, and it felt like they didn't even want to try. And that's why it was a little bit frustrating. At I least for me, all of but I'm expecting, of I'm expecting from the first game of the season, of course, intensity. It's your first game. 
Mm. You're playing against Messi. Everybody's watching because it's the only game uh, on TV. Well, streaming. You know what? You know what? Let, let, so look. I'll say but Real Salt Lake, they this. need to show a little bit more. Jose, again, you can be critical of the style of play from an aesthetic standpoint, but from a production, they almost got to half time at 0-0, and Inter Miami didn't create a whole lot. Look, this I think this picture and this moment uh, encapsulates the first half and what RSL was trying to do. That free kick that Messi had at the end of the first half, where literally RSL throws almost all of its field players into the not only the 18-yard box, but almost at the six-yard box with two men at each post so that they were so worried about Inter-Miami's attack, especially Messi, that they were so focused on defending. That was their plan. It wasn't to attack. I understand that maybe there's some disconnect there. Like Luis Lopez here says, uh, I agree, but Chicho wanted to attack. You can see him get angry when no one would make runs into the box. Yes, you saw one moment where he got very frustrated that nobody was accompanying them on our well, counter exactly. So that, So there, you could, you know, if you're an RSL observer or uh, a reporter that covers RSL, you could say, all right, maybe there was a disconnect there. Maybe they should have attacked more, or maybe the game plan should have been more clear for, for Arango. Whatever the case is, their plan was to defend. That's, that was, that's clear. And they almost got away with it into halftime. And then the second half, it could have been a different game. But the ball didn't roll in their favor. Zach and Matt didn't make the save he needed to make. And that helped Inter-Miami set the tone in the second half, although, again, they did fall off a bit, and RSL started pushing numbers uh, forward a bit more. I agree that you could see a different team attack Inter-Miami, but RSL, they didn't go for that game plan, and it almost worked. It almost worked. Anyway, uh, all right, who... Oh, no, on, just on this point, though, I mean, as a, as a neutral watching it, as a journalist who is going to be watching a lot of Inter-Miami games, I want to see teams come, and if they're going to defend and play defensively, then do it in a tenacious fashion and 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 defend really well, and then and then counter um, effectively. I yeah. want to see Inter Miami pushed. I don't. What I don't think it's not good for MLS. It's not good for neutrals, and it's not good for Inter Miami fans either. If teams come and play oh. this half-hearted, no, it's not. It's, not it's true, but, that, but that, it's true. Simon, but that, it but was that first game of the season. We all saw leaks. We all saw leaks. Um, Mo does not have to be. Let's entertain the fans today. While we play away from home against. No, I'm not talking about entertaining the fans. I'm talking about being effective. They if, effective yeah, just having a plan. Just having I want to see into Miami pushed, pushed. What, where did Paulo Mastroeni play? Where did Paulo Mastroeni play? What position did he play when he was in his playing career? He's a he, was a he was a defensive midfielder. Yeah. He sometimes played in the defense. His okay, so his mo could be to be defensive. That could be where his focus is. Just like we saw. So how about the second half? Defensive. What happened in the second half? Why were well, they able they, to attack in the second half? They had to attack. The they were obligated to attack. They had to take more risks because they're losing. They one could zero. have done that since the first half. Yeah, and it could have a more entertaining match. Inter Miami was playing That's a lot. Their, their job is their job is not to entertain. Their job is not to entertain. Put an entertaining. Franco, their job is to Na win Nashville played very defensively against Inter Miami, right? And they did it really, really well. That's what we're talking about. Different team with different players. Different team with different players. Yeah, they, like did it, it, they did it well. That's the point. We're yeah. talking about well. the concept. The concept yeah. is we're talking it about. It almost got to Okay, give it's me a, give concept. me a play. Give me a play in the first half that, that uh, Inter-Miami was so dangerous on that, that RSL, you know, no, listen, got lucky. Listen, I get what you're saying. I get that they did, if they did a good job defensively, fine. What we're talking about is about the other side. What are we going to do? But they didn't want to. Possession. They didn't want to take those risks. They didn't want to take those. Problems. Yeah, They're but what we're saying is that you can't point. evaluate Inter Miami. Just we liked how they played that first half, but the opposition was not in a great level. 
So we cannot say like this is going to be Inter Miami against every team in MLS. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just going off of this game. And what I saw in the first half was uh, RSL that was playing a smart tactical game and an Inter Miami team that had the ball, did well in possession, but had trouble breaking down Look, the opposition. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of games to compare this performance to. There's there's going to be a lot of, play, of teams that are going to come to Chase Stadium and they're going to have a defensive mindset. But I'm sure they're going to play a lot better offensively, even if they only care about not getting scored on in the first half. And I'm that's sure there's a better way to do it. Also, that's what made players relax. And that's why Inter Miami came out of the break, like, chill. Like, okay, this, this team is not going to do anything. They're not going to be dangerous. And Real Lake came with a different attitude and the game changed. So this this can also hurt Inter Miami because we saw night a day and night with the first half and second half because players obviously saw what Real Salt Lake were doing. Shouldn't be an excuse, though. That we, shouldn't we, be an excuse. We don't, know, we don't need to give 100% to win this game. Yeah, so, but that 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 would be something to criticize that for. Dangerous, because that yeah, but you can't allow that to happen. That happened, and that happened. That's the truth. Well, Messi, like looked, Messi looked really good in this one, right? Messi looked really good. He, you know, he yeah. picked up the ball. Yeah, he's good like Simon physically. Said. He 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 held players off. They were all over his shoulders. He played a lot of good passes. The first ten minutes weren't his best, but after that, he settled in. Of course, he has the highlight reel moment. This might be unprecedented in his legendary career. Where he chipped the ball over an injured and fallen RSL player. If you haven't seen it, you have to have seen it by now. But if you haven't, go Google it. Go find that image because it's fantastic. This was Robert Taylor's reaction about that play when I asked him. Someone do that, chip the ball over a fallen player and then get shot up. I wasn't. I completely did that. All smiles, Robert Taylor. All smiles. That's where every other inter- was every other Inter Miami player that was asked about that moment. So Messi looked good. We're all in agreement with that. Gets an assist, two by MLS rules. All right. Who else stood out to you guys in this game from an Inter Miami standpoint for a good reason? Well, we will start with Andrea. Who did you like in this one? I really liked uh, in that first half. I really liked Robert Taylor. Um, I think he he looked sharp. He looked in sync with 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 Messi and uh, with all the players in midfield. Actually, he, he communicates well with Luis Suarez. I guess Luis Suarez has that advantage that he can speak. He speaks English, so he can communicate with Robert Taylor, right? And um, I really liked him. And then in the second half, when Drake Callender was was tested, I liked that he gave us another good save. And um, he needs to to keep it up, to, to be there when Inter Miami gets called on. So I think he, he had a good game. I also like... Uh, no, 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 like only one, a... only one, only one, Andrea. Because if you give us two, then you're gonna, there's going to be not enough for Simon. Well, of course, there. you said besides Messi, right? So besides I would Messi. say, yeah, Robert Taylor and, and well, only I'm going to leave the, the other player to Jose and Simon because I know who, who they are. No, I, I, kind of, I kind of agree with you, actually. I think Robert Taylor was, was you know, that player that provided a spark. Now, I'll say this. I think Robert Taylor can do a lot more for this team if he gets a lot of room through the wings, you know, whether he plays on the left or on the right. I would rather have him on the right, but, you know, we've seen him. You know, he can be effective on the left side as well. I want him through the wings. I, His I goal came think, from the right side. His goal came from the right side. Right, yeah, but he cut in. He was in the middle and then cut into the right mm-hmm. side, and, you know, he, he shot across um, the goalkeeper. But 
and and obviously you know the goal doesn't do a lot for me because that's a huge mistake from the goalkeeper that's that's a yeah. horrible mistake so i'm not talking necessarily about the goal but about the spark that he provides and i think if last year you know he talked about okay so messi's going to grab a lot of attention and i'm going to get a lot of room to work with well look out because this year with mm-hmm. messi and suarez you know robert taylor he he's going to really, have a lot of space really, yeah he yes. really needs to go on a good run and, and he I has think a he's good foot He's yes. capable of scoring plenty of goals in this league. Facundo Farias, who's, Facundo Farias, who's obviously injured, must be, you know, cursing his luck because that, you know, that right. probably would have been his his starting position. And uh, by the way, team. I was the only one in this pod that had him starting the game against Real Salt Lake. I don't know if we, if you want us to like give you a round Ooh. of applause. Uh, Okay, there you Simon, go. Simon, give me another player that you liked in this. One. Don't say Robert Taylor. We've got two Robert Taylors already. Uh, Diego Gomez. I liked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this, he's still a work in progress. It's not, you know, you're not going to go away from that game and say he was immaculate in everything he did. But I like his aggression. I like his uh, commitment. And uh, he's got he's got the skills as well to play that role. Um I think he you know he goal needs... well. Took his goal well. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I like it. You know, I, I like, I like, I like that kid. I think he's got a lot of promises. There's a lot, a lot of work needs to go into him to turn him into. I mean, he wants to be a player who goes to Europe, right? He said that on day one when he yeah. walked in in the building. So looking at him from that perspective, there's a lot of work still to do, but um, he's making a really good start to it, I think. And I think that midfield needs a player like that because Busquets doesn't get around the field. And looks like getting around the field even less this season, off if, if, if preseason and the first game of the season are any indication. So Gomez is uh, is vital to to have have somebody buzzing around like that, and he can he can play. I like him. He definitely buzzes around a lot, and he's got some you know some skill with him uh, with the ball at his feet. Obviously, again the finish, cross body finish to the left post. There was no Zach McMath through the you know butterfingers there. It was a good finish. Um, you know, shortly after that, you can see his. Beaming with confidence, he nutmegs a player down the left as he surges forward on the dribble. He looked explosive, as more explosive as the game wore on. I have questions about him defensively sometimes. He gets dribbled by a little too easily, a little, a little bit almost like a traffic cone. Happened at least on a couple of times in that first half. So something he's got to work well, on, but he is young. He oh, Gressel did, actually, didn't have a good game. Gressel did not have a good game. Uh, no. For me, for me, another player that I think deserves mentioning, and I know Jose was very critical of him, if I'm not mistaken, and that's Tomas Avilis. Thomas Avilis, I thought, had a good game in this one. He broke a lot of things up back there. Uh, you know, looked looked apart, came through with some big tackles. I mean, look, again, Inter Miami defensively didn't have a whole lot to do in this one. The only time they had some breakdowns. That should give you a, a moment that, that even though he didn't have he, he didn't have those stellar moments. For me, I saw Avilés. I like him. I think he has potential. But for me, he's too green still. For me, it's clear uh, hey, he could be great. I'm thinking in this game, in this game, in this game. I and it's crazy that you're highlighting a defensive player for Inter Miami. When that Real Salt Lake was okay playing <laughs> defense and not attacking at all. They, and that you didn't have a problem. The second half. Did you ignore the second half? Did you ignore the second half? Did you ignore the second half? During 20, 25 minutes of the second half, Austin, did Salt Lake not have the ball? Did Salt Lake not pin in Miami back? Did Inter Miami not have to make defensive plays? Shocking. It's just shocking to me. He won his he won his matchups. Thomas Avilis had a good game. And look, when you get a clean sheet, absolutely. That means you did your part defensively. 
as well. So Thomas Avila's for sure. I agree with you guys. You know, maybe Tata should have made the sub for Luis Suarez earlier. I, I even tweeted that out. Um, but by and large, Inter Miami on a whole gets a very passing grade on this one. Um, now, we'll leave it there for this game. Let's preview this weekend's game. They play again on Sunday against the LA Galaxy in City of Angels. Inter Miami's first road trip, official road game of the MLS season. This will be the LA Galaxy's first game, of course. Inter Miami second. They travel, I think, tomorrow, or they travel today? No, uh, I can't. Okay. They are on their way they right now. They're on the way now. And I guess they'll train tomorrow and then game on Sunday. It's Sunday night for us East Coasters. So we'll be up a little bit later than usual. I don't think we'll do anything post-game, but uh, maybe I'll convince one of these one of these guys to do so. Um, probably not. All right. So Inter-Miami plays again for the second time in five days. Equipo que gana no se toca, Jose, or will we see changes just because of the quick turnaround and obviously some of the aging Legs in the scene. Tata Martino was asked about this today, actually. So, yeah, well, yeah, I think it goes with the same starting eleven. Although I have my doubts about Busquets because yes. uh, Tata said that yesterday. I don't think he's playing. Yeah, he said he didn't train. He, didn't train. Uh-huh. he did gym work, and um, this morning he was not out there. Um, so I would have my doubts, but. You know, I'm leaning towards, yeah, he probably puts out their same starting 11. My only doubt would be Busi. That would be it. So that's not my only doubt. My other doubt would be uh, Thomas Avines, who left the game, like Busquets did, was subbed out in that second half against Real Salt Lake. Aviles, if he can't go, I think, well, Nicolas Freire is traveling. Also a question mark that they didn't say whether he would dress, play, or just travel. He said, you know, he left all three possibilities open. But I so you forgot about Noah Allen, though. No, no, no. So, you, so I, you had a lesson this morning. So I imagine, you had a lesson this morning. I imagine if Freire is traveling, that Freire will be playing. So I think Freire starts. I think that might be the only change. But he can't play 90. He can't play 90. He actually he told Noah, you that. that Noah, Allen, Noah Allen's going to have to come in at some point because Noah Allen right now is the fourth He's a center, center back. back on the depth chart ahead of Ryan Sale. I can't, I can't imagine... I can't imagine how Ryan Saylor is uh, is feeling. Yeah, I was going to say that. Poor Ryan Saylor. But from a tactical <laughs> standpoint, and we talked about this last year, with the a way Tata that wants to play. Hey, listen, with the way Tata wants to play, he wants technical players. Ryan Saylor's not the most technical player. Noah Allen has a better foot in that regard, getting mejor pie. So I understand what Tata Martino's rationale is. This is what Tata Martino said about Noah Allen. Before we dive into the, into the game, listen to this time. Listen, this, this, this was this. an exchange, a good exchange I had with Tata Martino about why Shocker. You no, know, he's been playing Noah Allen at center back, you know, so much, you know, in preseason and, and obviously in this game against Real Salt Lake. No, sí es central. Eh, eh, bueno, él es un central que nosotros lo utilizamos de lateral y que en toda la gira jugó como central izquierdo en línea de 5. No, pero hay que protegerlo justamente eh, con gente alta alrededor, eh, con una línea de 3. Eh, Lisandro Martínez no tiene altura y juega en el Manchester United. Es rápido, tiene buena pierna zurda, 
eh, tiene buen uno contra uno, eh, lee muy bien el partido, tiene anticipo, la verdad que es un jugador, es un chico muy capaz y es un chico que está siempre... We can leave it there, but yeah, he mean he gave all these reasons for why Noel he thinks Noel is a center back. Yeah, Now, he kind of schooled you there a little bit. Uh, no, hey, that's fine. I was, I was, I'm, just, I'm just looking for the answers, but I'm looking for him to explain himself. I don't. Hey, listen, yeah, no, no, no. Good question, good answer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, whether we agree or disagree, whether the general public agrees or disagree, like I just wanted to get his thought process. The only question yeah, yeah. That, I did, that I did not ask him that I wish I would have asked him is, well, do you see him as a center back more than a left back right now because of? necessity for the style you guys want to play or are there deficiencies in his game as a fullback that you don't rate him as a fullback right maybe he's maybe Tata Martino is of the train of thought of Jose Armando and Andrea Yan is that Noah Allen doesn't have the defensive chops to be a left fullback whether we agree or disagree maybe that's one of his you know that well, could be one of his thought processes the I other thought process so. well the other thought process he's putting him as a center back but, and we want him as a defending centrally Defending centrally is not the same as defending as a left back, right? Especially when you have to move forward and, and track back. Maybe, again, I don't know. That's the one question I did not ask him. Maybe he doesn't see Noah Allen as being defensively strong enough to be the left back that they want in this system. But he sees more qualities in him to be a center back here. Despite his lack of height, despite his aerial ability, they like other no, characteristics I think that it's because they had to trade every other center back. They trade Kim right. it could be at any. and they trade Kamalir and they don't have anyone else. So... That they're not going to sacrifice Franco Neri. They're not going to sacrifice Jordi Alba. They sacrifice the young player. I'll tell you what. If, I, if I got the Spanish right there, he was saying that he could he could operate uh, comfortably in, in a line of three or in a back yeah. five, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which which that that suggests that you know I mean you don't if you're playing that system you don't necessarily need three big six foot five right. guys. Which, which is why he said you gotta you gotta surround him with with taller guys. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was surprised with him during the preseason. I thought, I thought in some of those games uh, he did okay there. You know, and I never imagined seeing him in the central defense. He, you know, he looks, he looks way too small. But it was interesting. He, you know, he played there last year. He played there some last year under Tata yeah. when Tata started doing. You know, that's when we first noticed that he was ahead of Christopher McVeigh and uh, Ryan Saylor in the depth chart. So I mean, yeah. he brings a bit of extra pace there, right? There's not a lot of pace in that defense. Yeah, that's true. Well, Aviles, Aviles is not bad. Aviles no. can, can be quick. But, you know, the bottom line, bottom line for me is if I'm Noah Allen's agent, I'm concerned. Because yeah. this, sure, is, absolutely. This, is, this is something that, you know, applies to Tata, but most likely it's not going to apply to the rest of the coaches in MLS at least, you know, it's, it's not an ideal scenario for him being a center back. And I don't see him making a career as a center back. Right. So right. <laughs> even though, even though, you know, he, he used the example of the Martino of Lisandro and uh, Manchester United. Yeah, but... no, I mean, there's, there's a huge gap there. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, it's a similar scenario to me with McVeigh when he played as a left back for a while with, with for a season actually. And, you know, I always thought, mm, that's not good. He's going to be exposed there for most of the time. Well, I don't know if it, that's exactly the case for Noah Allen in, in Inter-Miami right now as a center back, but I don't think it's a good scenario for him in, in the long term. Well, let's let's just go back to the game against the LA guys. I guess Noah Allen is a candidate or a potential candidate to start if neither Fede or Aviles can start from the get-go. I mean, again, he played in left center back in this game in a back four when, uh, when Aviles had to come out. So, possibility that he starts. Possibility. 
Um, but what other changes? Any any other changes, Simon, that you think could be in the cards? We talked about Allen or Freire coming in at center back if Avilas can't go. And we talked about Busquets maybe coming out. Any other change? Expect to see Suarez back in there, or do you think? Well, that's the that's the other question, isn't it? Does he does he does he rotate Campana in for this game um, to get to give um, Suarez a little bit longer to recover from Wednesday? That's that's the question. We'll learn a little bit about how that dynamic's going to go, whether he plays or not, because that's 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 an interesting one. You know, if that happens, what do you, what do you feel... think? What do you think? What do you guys think? Quickly, let's start with Jose. Who who starts? Campana or Suarez? No, I think Suarez starts, but if he doesn't, I feel like we're going to get in a role in which, you know, every single game, before every single game, we're questioning, is he go, is he playing? Is he not playing? That's going to be tiring for, for the entire season. <laughs> it's the Joseph and Campana debate that we had endlessly last year. Yeah, but and, I think and, it was. Uh, Campana or Suarez, who starts on I'm not saying who you would start. I'm saying who does that to start. Suarez. It's 100%. Yes, Suarez. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think Tata's the type of guy that likes to stick with um, the starting lineup as much as he possibly can, and it's still early in the season, so I think Luis Suarez gets to start, even though he might be uh, not at 100% or, or a bit fatigued after. So who uh, comes in for Busquets in midfield then? If Busquets is out, David Ruiz? Yeah. Yeah, David. I guess David would have to come in. But David didn't train nah, today, so... I would say Mota. Motta's a good shot. Motta's a good shot. I say Motta gets. If he's David was not there then. this morning, and and he might not be available, but you know. So Motta's a good shot. I, I, I would take. Mota. I take it back. I would say Motta. Motta's a good shot. Absolutely. See, there you go. You answered your own question from earlier. Where's Motta fit into all of this in situations like this? If Boosie, you, you listen. You don't want to be in this team. The worst thing that can happen to you is if, if you're Messi's Messi backup, <laughs> Boosie's backup. Drake Callender's backup. Th- those are three spots that you don't no, want to be but a backup for. More than more anyone. Well, no, no. If you're else, the backup of the Cuatro Fantásticos, if you're a backup no. of No, because Busquets, for me, it's more than if you're the backup of Busquets and Jordi Alba, because Messi and Luis Suarez can still go to the national team. So they are going to lose at least in this uh, period from March to June, they're going to lose at least six games. So. If you're a player that is backup for them, at least you have that shot. But if you're backup for Busquets that is already retired from the national team and Jordi Alba, so who's also retired, you're unless they get injured, you're not gonna yeah, play. That's a good point. That's a yeah. good point. You don't want to be a backup anywhere, but especially <laughs> not behind those guys. And Drake also, because I don't. I, if if they had another goalkeeper, then I would think, oh, Drake can feel threatened. But CJ Dos Santos has just played one game one professional game in his entire career in MLS. So, yeah. So, all right, let's, let's quickly, cause we're getting close to that one hour and 10 mark that I promised we would hit. So we're 10 minutes away. All right. This inner Miami win on the road against the LA galaxy. We will start with Simon. It's prediction time. You avoided the pre the, the season prediction pod. So you were starting with you, Simon. Does Inter Miami pick up its first road win in its first road game of 2024? Well, I, I give you my season prediction in private at the stadium, right? So yeah, I missed it. So. Put it okay, well, I'll fire. put it. I'll put it on the record. I think. I think uh, Miami wins uh, MLS Cup. I I'm think well, Miami wins you. MLS Cup. I don't you. think they win anything else. I'm with you again. Yeah. All right. So now for Sunday. Now, for Sunday, um, we don't really know what to expect from this version of Alley Galaxy. It's quite, you know, they've made a few changes. Um, they were they were not good at all last season. 
but they they've moved out some players that they needed to move out. Uh, Diego Costa is gone, um, who I think was like a pretty dreadful DP for them, really. Um, and they've brought in uh, Gabriel Pet, who's who's a younger version, right? A Brazilian winger, but one who's yeah. got legs and speed and wants to do something. I, I like those kind of DP players in MLS because he's a player who clearly is coming in. I think he's 23. So he's a player who's coming in and really wants to go somewhere in his career and, and, and sees MLS as a stepping stone. So those kind of players, you know, they're kind of following the Al, Al, Miguel Almiron path. You know? So they're going to be, he's going to be dangerous. I'm curious to see him. Um, different environment away from home, three days, four days after uh, a season opener. I think it's going to be tough. Um, and I would say Inter Miami leaves there with a point. Jose. Win, win, draw, or loss? I agree with Simon. I think 1-1. Andrea? I also agree. I don't think LA Galaxy is dangerous enough or too cohesive enough still because they haven't played a lot of preseason games. So uh, I don't think they'll be able to beat Inter Miami. But um, since the traveling and the dates and the aging players that Inter Miami has, I think it's going to be complicated. So I Joseph, think they Joseph Paintsill is is a, is available. The Ghanaian attacker that Ali Galaxy signed, he is available mm-hmm. for this game. Not sure if he'll start or not, but he is available and certainly a player that can make an impact, especially against uh, a defense that yes. still has question marks uh, around it. So I don't see it remind me winning this game. I can see a draw. I can see a loss. I know I'm, I'm pulling a Steve Brenner there and riding the fence. If I had to bet. I want to say draw. I want to say draw. So that makes another unanimous decision through the four of us. You know what? We talk about Messi, Suarez, Busquets, and Jordi Alba as the fantastic four, the cuatro fantásticos. We are the fantastic four y los cuatro fantásticos of Miami Total Football Radio. So there we go. We all agree on that one. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be interesting. I'm away from home. I know, Jose, you and I have talked about the Santa Martino want to use that back five away from home, whether or not, whether maybe not going to be on the ball as much, or will he stick with the back four? I mean, let, let's, let's let's do that really quickly as well. Back four or back five? What do you think? There's question marks at the back. No, I, I think back four. I think the back five comes in when Messi's not available. I think okay. that's that's where it's going to change. But I think back four for this game. Look, I think you know Inter Miami is still in preseason, and I think Tata is more than anything else thinking about. Nashville, even though he said this morning that he's still not there yet, that you know, and I'm I'm obviously talking about Champions Cup. Um, I think that's the most important game early on in the season, and he wants to have this team ready for that game. So um, I think he, he's going to play that that series against Nashville. Um, uh, Jose, this, is, this is why the show ends up being over an hour and ten minutes. I just asked you about a back four and a back five, and you went on some tangent. No, but I mean it's it's related. It's related. That's the reason why they're going to play the four man back line, and he'll do it again with uh, Mr. Mr. Spider Pig, Messi's bodyguard as the center back. <laughs> he has I mean, the build though. They're going to play back four because they just I don't think they have enough. They don't have enough. To, to I was going to say five. they don't have enough personnel to play a unless, back five because unless they want to put Yedlin at center back like they did in preseason at a certain point, they oh put Russell on the right. I right. I don't like that Tata is doing that. Tata like every coach in this team when he comes into this league in this league. Sorry. Every coach, when he comes into, they come into his league, they begin changing players because I guess the rosters are so limited. They don't have the amount of players that they want to have. And Tata is starting to look like Phil. 
changing no. everyone's position. No, no, I, that's, I don't, that's I don't, a little I don't low. think. It's a I, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I don't. Again, he said today. Let's listen to what he said really quickly before we wrap up. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes. One or two tops if the uh, recovery or the injuries uh, mandate that. Otherwise, if everyone's healthy and ready to go, I think it's the same starting lineup. But if there needs to be a change or two, then. Sí, como te digo, no habría ningún motivo para cambiar si no fuese que tenemos que evaluar haber jugado hace tres días. Entonces hay que ser prudente. Eh, pero sí, hay, hay chances de que esto pueda pasar. Tata es como Chespirito, ese character que dice: ¿Para qué le digo que no? Sí, sí, porque first he says why are we need to change is the beginning of the season but then but then again we played three days ago so it can be possible so it's yes or no yes or no yes or no he's not, gonna, never tell get you. He's not gonna tell you what his starting mind is andrea like it's not gonna i don't like this here in mls because usually well i don't know i like coaches. not usually there's only a few coaches yeah, that will yes. that will uh that will do that ahead of time but anyway all right When you Let's, have a starting lineup defined, you can do it. Like you, yeah, at least you know happen. what how the team is going to play. At any level, coaches here, if you win a game, they might change for the next mm -hmm. one. The next one, just because they think players are getting tired, and that's that's a new tendency now. It doesn't happen at any level in the states. LA Galaxy, the best club in the world, in the comment section says Simon Evans looks like he supports Leeds United. All right, oh, Simon. No, 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 We have four minutes left. We have four minutes left. I wanted to you to do this last time that we had you on, and we didn't have complete space. It was just you and I. Now, with the four of us, is your chance. Plug your Burnley podcast, my friend. Plug it for any Burnley fans that might be listening or anybody that might want to hear your English accent and knowledge and history on a different topic somewhere else. Uh, the podcast is called From the Be All End. The Be All Whole End. <laughs> um, the be all end was the open terrace behind the goal at Burnley, which hasn't been there for 25 years. But that's where the four of us on that podcast all grew up standing on that open end, getting standing in the rain in crowds of seven or eight thousand when we were in the fourth division during the dark years. And so we bring that kind of perspective of jaundiced, jaded, uh, 50 something uh, year old Burnley fans to it. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's it's an interesting pod if you're into Burnley. Why you would be into Burnley this season with them or, being or any season? Well, no, no. 101 <laughs> points in the championship. Good, yeah. points in the championship last year, but yeah, one of the worst Premier League teams for a good while this season. So, but you know, it's a challenge twice a week to produce a podcast about a team that loses every week is a challenge. But you know, we're sticking with it. We, we've the been end. there. We've been yes. there through the dark days of Miami. All right. Well, let, there we go. We will leave it there. No final thoughts. We're doing the show in an hour and 10 minutes. It's on a Friday night. I might still have time to go out tonight. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to be juicioso. I'm going to clean my apartment. It's overdue. Who believes so, Franco? No one. <laughs> okay, I'm going I'm to send you guys pictures in our website. 9 on cleaning. a Friday night. You're not it's, it's, your a, it's a... You're, yeah. heading to Mickey, you're heading to Mickey Burns for a quick... No, I, I wish. I, I'd meet you there. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. For Jose Armando, for Andrea Yanis, for Simon Evans, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football Radio. I had to pause there to make sure I switch from English to Spanish. Uh, if you haven't, leave a review, a like, a share, a subscribe, whichever platform you're on. It helps us out tremendously. We will be back again next week at some point. I haven't figured out the date yet. Don't know which of us four will be back, but some of us, if not all of us, will be back. Um, but enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the rest of your Friday nights. And... 
We will talk to you guys next week. 